It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. After that, um, we moved on to Club Playing Philosophy and Identity, which was ho- hosted by Craig Garner, Wayne Rooney, Hope Powell, Darren Carter and Pete Shuttleworth. Um, this was the bit that, um, after getting back in the, the room with everyone following the presentations, this was the one that everyone went, hey, Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney, eh? Like th- this whole, what you see in the media straight after the game where they throw a camera in his face, say, Wayne, Tell us about that game. And it goes, um, um, he looks like he wants to be anywhere other than this place right now. He's hat's down. He's not looking. He, he just, he's, he's not a media person. You put him in front of the TV. He can control the pausing of and playing of, and he can talk through tactics and he can talk through players, what they're doing on the pitch. It's so natural. He was so in his comfort zone and so knowledgeable, like straight after um, Craig Gardner, because, for those who haven't met Craig Garner, he's like a puppy on ecstasy. He's just so excited and so happy. And he, if there's one guy who's just absolutely lovable and bubbly, it's Craig Garner. Particularly at events like this. Dan Ivory. Oh, other, Craig other Gardner. Than, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Events like this, you can just see Craig Garner is so excited for the future. If you want to know how bright the future for Blues is, go and talk to Craig Garner for five minutes because he's fully on board and he's bouncing off the walls and he can't sit still. He's so happy. But after Wayne Rooney's bit, um, he asked what we thought. I said, Wayne Rooney knows his stuff, doesn't he? <laughs> like, I didn't mean that's to sound offensive. Oh, because well, yeah. He should know his stuff as the manager. Yeah, but for some One reason... the greatest players of all time yeah, in this country. But for some reason, that popped into my head and it's, it's interviews and media and social media that has almost subconsciously convinced me Rooney doesn't know what he's doing. But they... It, he, he basically he showed highlights from the training ground before the Ipswich game, showing this is what we wanted them to do. He then showed bits from the Ipswich game and said, this is them not doing it. Then showed highlights from the training ground, Sheffield Wednesday, this is what we worked on after. Then the Sheffield Wednesday game, this is it working and a scoring. So it's basically the, the progression of 
this is the shit I'm dealing with. Like the bit on the training ground, he, he actually said to us with a smile, see, they can do it. And then we all laughed and probably thought, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that's that. A but... dig. That's a dig at everybody saying the players can't do yeah. what he's being asked, what he's asking them to do. And it's his own frustration with, with it. Like There was a big focus on the, the defenders closing down the attackers. Uh, when we're in possession, not giving them all the space so that when they suddenly counter, they're free and free roaming. So there was a lot on being closer to your man. There was a lot on playing in tight spaces. And instead of just telling us that and telling us Sky Sports camera that and I'll edit it down and show 10 seconds of it, it just showed us on the screen. It's right in front of you. And I didn't understand half it because I know fuck all about football. But I just thought, yeah, we are actually, regardless of results, feel like we're in safe hands. Is that fair, Dan? Yeah. Um, I think it's only fair to note as well that when Hope Powell and Darren Carter spoke, they spoke first when we saw them. Um, they said... It, it matched up. It was the same thing. Absolutely. It's clear there isn't um, uh, like an ethos being developed through the entire club, which is something God, the club has needed for a long time. Yeah. You might not Although, agree but... with it, but you might not agree with the current ethos or the, the appointments of Rooney. But what Blues have needed is someone to come in and say, look, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to play. And we're going to play this way from the top to the bottom. Yeah. And we're all going to develop this way. And we're going to do it long term because Talking and changing every year or so as we change manager is shit and it doesn't yeah. work. Um, I was impressed by how personable he was, how intelligent he was. Gardner always cracks me up because I know so many people who like use that no-brainer thing about Gardner. You remember that, 2011, mm. uh, when we got... Uh, so, no, sorry. Yeah, 2011, when we got relegated. And it was a no-brainer. He moved to Sunderland and people mm. kind of like made fun of it. Mm. Gardner, I think, has always played on that. He wants people to think he's not clever because he's as smart as a whip. Mm. No, make no mistake mm. Gardner's a smart cookie and you're right he is like a puppy on ecstasy he's excitable I learned statistics I don't even know if Blues Breakdown knows what the fuck's PPDA yeah not a clue they said it it sounded good not a no clue. idea what it meant not, not a clue <laughs> like Ben if you're watching please explain um, but yeah and he showed like they, they showed um, the last eight years league tables and various stats how they performed they went look all the top one, all the ones at the top have the green stats. All the ones at the bottom have the red stats. We've got the red stats. We need the green stats. Yeah, it's like well, it's a bit hard to argue with that, really. Like you've got a fairly extensive data set, and you're kind of showing a good correlation there. Fair. Um, that was the very, very similar um, to to uh, well, oh yeah, we haven't, we haven't crossed that one. One of the other. Um, the finance the bit other, you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that but, was in yeah, the opening well, statement, but we never talked about that. You, if you want to. Hit on that, you yeah. That was so. Gary Cook said about revenue as well. Mm. He kept going on about the rev, you know, the s similar thing with the tables of the last eight years. Only two of the 24 teams that have been promoted were in the were outside the top six in revenue or, or you know, that, that sort of statistic. So it was, a, it was a very similar method, but yeah, the the it was four main areas, wasn't it? Possession stats. Um, pressures in the final third, entries into the final third, and all those, yeah. All, uh, there was only three teams out of the 24 over the last eight years that were not all, all four columns were were, were not green that have been promoted. I've got my notes here. Burnley um, was one Luton. under Dyche. Luton. Yeah, Luton was another. And the third Cardiff, one was... Cardiff, was it? Cardiff, yeah. Cardiff, yeah. Under Warnock? Might have been, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, I, I've got my I've got my notes here. So Rooney, what talked about? He wanted players to play from the back, play through the third, through midfield, 
switch mm-hmm. play to find space. Um, they showed the Sheffield Wednesday game like about a minute before we scored, how we went left. So yes. we went right, left, right. Yes. They picked the left centre back, uh, the left centre back of Sheffield Wednesday as the weak the pressure. Link. Yeah. Got through him with the pressure, got round the back. Bakuna, uh, was it? No, Stanfield, wasn't it? Cut mm-hmm. it back. Yeah. Just like the training pitch. James Scuffy shot, but he recovered well and, and like finished it well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that switching play to find space, creating the attacking half, expressive players, press high, um, pressing high, strikers working in, uh, on trigger, uh, trigger press. So, like mm-hmm. certain movements, striker goes in, pushes on, midfielders pushing behind, mm-hmm. and defenders then not like back off, but on the front foot. Now, yeah. that's going to catch us out like he did against Blackburn, you know. Yeah. Individual mistakes are going to cost us, but the idea is is that if we press players higher up the pitch and win the ball higher up the pitch, we've mm. got a better chance of getting up the pitch. And I'll tell you what's going to scare people. It's what's going to scare people, and people aren't going to like it, but it's. But I'll tell you now. Me kissing Dan on the big screen. You kiss a, uh, Nobody's going to like that. <laughs> Nobody. Least of all Dan. Least of all me, yeah. He's going to be absolutely <laughs> livid with that. But also, um, the, those, you know, the, the goals that we're conceding, and a lot of people don't like the goals that we're conceding. I'm telling you now, there's only one way it's going, and he will get those centaurs to be even more aggressive. Hmm. Uh, it, it, the, you're not going back. You're not sitting back on the six-yard box again. Uh, the, the amount of space that Blackburn had in the centre circle last night, he won't be he won't be cross at the midfielders for that. He'll be cross at the centre-halves for not stepping up even more than they already were. You were saying you and, think that's why Long's gone as well. I, I think that's why that's why Long has struggled because if you're asking Kevin Long to to sit on the basically to press up high on the centre circle, and if they do get in behind, Kevin Long's not getting back is a it, it's it's as simple as that. He's, I think he's looking for the fittest possible centre-half partnership, which he's got in at the moment. Last night, he brought AU off and put Buchanan centre-half, who can also play, who's also relatively fit and quick, and, and can and, and you know has that ability to press up. He's already comfortable pressing up high on the, on the halfway line. Tommy Fogarty, under-21 centre-back, played with the first team today, trained the first team today. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just Rooney, Rooney, like, just, like, rewarding. I don't, I don't know yeah. why. But or maybe putting Wilson. pressure on the current ones. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it might be. It might be. It's just like, you know what? Let's have a look, see what we've got. Yeah. Let's see if we've got anyone who's, like, really, like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, and I like Tommy Fogarty. I think he's I think he's got a touch about him. You know, he's Northern under-21 international. Um, he started off in central midfield, then moved to right back. He's now a centre-back. It's all yeah. good, isn't it? You know, like, fair enough, bring him up. Yeah. Take a look at him. Tell your current centre halves. Watch out. Keep fucking up. He's yeah. got your shirt. Yeah. That's um, Trigger Press you mentioned earlier. Um, Pew, noticed Darren Carter is talking of that as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Exactly as Ivory said, the, the women's team look like they're trying to, well, not emulate the men's, they're trying to do it themselves. Yeah. They're trying to be to fair, the women's team were doing it last year. That yeah. was the way the women's team wanted to go last year. They're making it work. They started too slowly last season. They started slowly again this season. But the fundamental strategy that they're trying to play brought them that ridiculously successful run at the end of last season and has brought them five wins on the bounce in the league this season now. now and, and as Dan said, that it is absolutely, to me, absolutely crucial that the women's, the men's, 
the academies, under 21s, under 18s, under th- every single team involved in that cl- in this club has a, has an absolute identity that they want to play. Like Dan said, the summer under Clotet, where we brought in um, Vialba and Jimenez and decided to buy every Spanish creative number 10 and Dan Crowley and everyone like that. And then we reverted out of that and then got about 88 wingers in the squad and could only play two of them. Like every over the last five or six years, there seems to be a different identity, a different way that we want to play every single time. Now, whether whether Rooney works or not, will only time will tell. But if Rooney, I'm, I, I'm absolutely convinced with this, with the ownership in place, with the structure that's in place, even above Rooney, if Rooney goes, they will identify the next man to, do to play same. this way. Yeah. This way is not going anywhere. Have you seen the film Moneyball yet, Dan? Even though I keep saying you No, I've not seen it yet. I, I know about it, though. I know, I know enough baseball to know about it. Bradley I, I Fitz, have, isn't it? I have links. I have on my um, bookmarks bar on Chrome. Uh, the same metrics my own team. So um, I know all about it. No, I know not. how obsessive baseball fans are about it. Yeah. And I know, yeah, you still need the uh, the eye test, as it were. You still need someone to have a look at it, but yeah. um, it works. Yeah. There, there, you know, there are certain things that, you know, that do matter and you do you need to, uh, you do need to do. And we are going to be more analytical. We've got to be. Everyone yeah. else is. It's a very... going to get left behind... It's a very American sport thing. Like that opening um, bit with Wagner and Cook was very stats and very American and and not just jumpers for goalposts. It was, this is a, an analytical business now. Yeah. Um, moving on to some questions. A good one from JBA Blues at JBA Blues. Uh, do you think under the new ownership model, we can expect more, less or the same reliance on the loan market? I ask because with recent exceptions, it has prevented us from building a stable squad with managers having to rebuild each year. I think we will still loan players. Like we've loaned players this year, but in the main, it'll be with with a view to taking them on permanently. I think most there, there are a lot of clubs in the championship now. You use the loan market to kind of get around FFP mm. in that you um you take a player on uh, loan with an obligation to buy, yeah, and you kind of like put off paying them for a year, yeah. So, yeah, I think we'll do that. Um, I think there'll be times, as, like, for example, um, if you said to me, come January, they'll look to get an under-21 keeper from, this, uh, from the Premier League on loan because, you know, Ruddy's not been great this season and Etheridge, no thank you. Mm. I would not be shocked. And that would be a good use for the loan market because it's to fill, it's a stopgap because both of our keepers will be gone in the summer anyway. Yeah. Um, if we take someone in with maybe a view to a purchase, great. If not, we can kind of take someone in just as a stopgap until the summer, and then we can like go, okay, we're going to take this one and this one. But you know, the loan market has its um, has its advantages. Its disadvantages are when you're broke and you sign six players on loan because you don't want to sign anyone permanently, yeah. and you end up with this shitty situation we've been in, in the past few years. Hmm. Purio, aim this one at you. So Matt McDonough. Donahue, maybe. I apologise. I've probably got that wrong. He's probably McDonough. I, I don't know. Uh, at Matt underscore McDonough one. Uh, during Wayne Rooney's segment, did he mention the key areas of player slash position recruitment to implement the style he wants? I feel we struggle playing out wide due to not having a comfortable defensive midfielder. Um, not really. He didn't really go um, into that stuff, did he? No, no. It was it was, it was very simply a. Uh, um, 
a style of play ethos kind of presentation that this is what I'm asking them to do. This is an example of it in training. This is an example of it working or not working in the game and that we need to get better at sort of thing. You never really went into detail about what he needs, what he wants, any specific names of who he wants or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it, that that wasn't brought up. No, I don't think they they ever would have anyway because everyone's no, after no. these same targets, aren't they? they yeah, yeah. They, even if it's just a hundred people going there, uh, they don't want it linked leaks. Um, just yeah. on that, slightly going off tangent, there was, there was a lot of um, people on social media saying, "Why didn't they stream the whole thing?" Logistically, they would not have been able to stream the whole thing. Right. The all these presentations, we had the the community one in. A random room i forget what the room it was boardroom the boardroom yeah we had the one with rain rooney in the it's the analysis room analysis, analysis room, analysis yeah, yeah, room yeah. basically yeah. yeah we had the the revenue one in the club shop we had the fan engagement yeah. one in the happy abode and we had the yeah. infrastructure one in the tilton um, yeah in the alliance bar in the alliance, in the alliance yeah. yeah they they physically logistically would not have been able to stream it live even yeah. if they wanted to so i think that's the reason i think thrown to the fact that blues tv He's struggling anyway. Yeah, I think so they struggled. You know, people are like, well, why, why is the opening stuff not being streamed straight away? And it was always going to be delayed. I don't mm. think people understood how they long it was going to be delayed. They said it was going to be delayed. delayed as well, yeah. Yeah, they did say that. They mm. did say it was going to be delayed. And I said it was going to be delayed in my piece beforehand. And it's the same old It's It's people who don't read the full yeah. thing. They just go, click. Why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? And I also think that there might have been uh there might have been uh, it's not just technical stuff but when you stream stuff live you always have the danger of someone saying something you really don't want to broadcast it's better that they 100%. record a presentation like uh calmly with the slides you want mm. um times properly spoken in a way that's clear and everyone can see and then there's no there's no fuck ups just be patient they I'm, the only one i don't think they'll, they'll be able to do much with is Rooney's because they showed literal drone footage from the... Yeah, uh, yeah. No, the yeah. They, 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 they were never going to show that anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I get, that, I get that people might be a little bit jealous, maybe, that they weren't there. Um, I'll tell you now, the feedback I gave them on the night, I gave Jeremy Dale some feedback. I said to him, look, hold back, hold back some of the invites, like a percentage of them, invite people to apply, pick them out of the hat, bark them. Um, yes, they're not going to pick, pick people who are abusive. They made it clear at the start of it. They weren't going to stand for any abuse. So if you're giving them grief on Twitter, forget it. You're never going to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would hazard that if you're giving them grief on Twitter, you probably wouldn't want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I've suggested to them that they need to get more people who are a little bit more, a little bit less gobby twat like me and a little bit more, um, down to earth goes to the games who will oh. have a different opinion as well, who will have their own. They won't be coloured by what they know. Yeah. They'll have their own opinions about what's going on, and they will tell you those opinions. Yeah. And I guarantee those people will, have, will know things and think of things that the club won't have. Mm. I, I do think there's a misconception that only social media people and podcasters were involved. No, yeah, 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 I think the reason people think that is because we're on social media talking about being invited yeah, the bloke who sits on the row behind you down the blues might have been invited, but you don't speak to him, so you don't know, and yeah. he's not being gobby about it on social media. I think 
you only know we're going because we like the attention and we tweet about it. There's actually, there was loads of people there that aren't on social media particularly and aren't visible. Um, so the, there was a, a whole demographic of people there. It certainly wasn't just closed to just us gobby pricks, basically. I, I don't think yeah. so, anyway. Um, got a very, very long one from uh, Cole Bensinger, our favourite, one of our favourite American uh, Cole Bensinger's got a very long one. He's got a very long one, and I'm about to present it to Daniel. Um yeah. Hey, Mark, Pugh, Dan. I watched most of the first half today of the Blackburn match. Didn't get a chance to see the second half due to work responsibilities. I missed all the action, but we'll try and catch up with it later. Like everyone else, I logged into Twitter slash X and read tweets from various people concerning the loss. One group complained about the players. Others blamed the coaching staff and tactics, the usual post-match blabber. But it got me thinking about both sides. We praise Gardner for bringing in these players, calling them diamonds in the rough and whatnot, or seeing the potential as bounce-back players discarded by former clubs. And in the beginning, they gave us a lot of hope we were moving up the table and there was a lot of excitement then the big switch came so they bring in Rooney and it's been a tactic change or formation change and we've been told to stay the course because the players aren't best suited for the system in brackets playing tactically to the team's strengths in a different is a different discussion for another day so here are my questions one if leadership knew Rooney was coming and he would most likely change the system why didn't we bring in players from the beginning to fit that system two the previous manager was making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Are we being led to believe that these professional footballers now can't play under a different system under a new gaffer? Three, if so, should Craig Garner pack it up and go since he's the one that brought these guys in? Just some questions I was pondering. I don't have the access to information that you all have. You're, you're so American, you're Cole. I have the podcast. I read Dan's stuff and articles by the dicks. <clears throat> by no means am I trying to be crass, so please don't take it that way. <laughs> Thanks for helping me understand everything. I guess I'm like all of the Blues fans, just trying to stay positive while being frustrated at the products on the pitch. Keep right on, fellas. Thank you, Cole Bensiker. All right, this one. Do, yeah, they thought. Well, yeah, I'm aiming at you because um, Pew hasn't got the attention okay, span so to listen to all that. Look at look at the players we brought in this summer. Um, <laughs> Laird, I think, just fitted the new formation fairly well. Yeah. Buchanan, fucking love him. Yeah, well brilliant. Yeah. Fit, fitted in the f- formation well. Um, Drama on loan, he's been a good backup. Yeah. Fits in. He's doing a job. Uh, I would mm, willing to get willing to say that <laughs> one's a bit. But I think he was a bit of a shot in the dark. He didn't play under Eustace barely, so yeah. I think that's, you can't say anything there. Um, Keshi has not played under Rooney, so you can't say anything there. Tyler Roberts has not played under Rooney, so they can't say anything there. Um, Miyoshi, I think... I'm not sure if Miyoshi suits his new formation, but then again, I, I don't think he kind of fully fitted in Eustace's either. I think Miyoshi will come good. Um, Stansfield, literal god. Yeah. Um, and who else? Um... Burke. Uh, Burke. Uh, Burke, who I never... Actually, I don't know. I think Burke suits the new formation better because the pace yeah. he has actually helps. Therefore, I think the argument that we didn't buy the players for Rooney's um, setup is actually... Dembele. Not, not Dembele as well. Dembele scored twice last night. Mm-hmm. I don't think that argument holds water whatsoever. I agree. I think the players, the players that are struggling are Dion, who we had yeah. before. Yeah. Billy, who we had before. Beely could we had before, and I think isn't quite the same player anymore. Yeah. Um, Long, who we signed again, but again, Adam I think he was it. only ever. Yeah, we had him last year, and I think it was kind of a backupy kind of thing anyway. Ruddy, uh, Ruddy who we had last year. Yeah. Do you, you see where I'm going with this? I I do, and I agree. Like, I don't. I 
I, I'll say one other thing as well. People have got Gardner's role completely wrong. Gardner is not just about transfers. Gardner Gardner's does a legend. Way more than uh, I wouldn't go that far. Gardner does way more than transfers. I'm a fully paid member of the yeah. Gardner Family Appreciation Society. I'm no, not. he does. He does a lot. He does a it, lot. You know, got, got, he like, opens the curtains in the Jack of Carrot before. <laughs> goes so, so, who, who sorts out the loan pla- loan uh, the loan deals for the young players? Martin that O'Connor. will be Craig Gardner. Yeah. Who sorts out uh, contracts? Who we're going to offer new contracts to? Like the young O'Connor. players, also uh, re- uh, renewal contracts. That will be Craig Gardner. Yeah. Who sorts out hiring coaches? Hiring people uh, like who was getting involved with the academy and will kind of not have that anymore when Mike Rick comes in. Is it Marcel That will be Craig Gardner. Yeah. Part of Craig Gardner's problem is is that he's had so fucking much on his plate. He's not had time to know whether he's coming or going. Mm. I'm not his biggest fan. I'm I not am. his greatest acolyte, but I will give him his right, due. Yeah. Um, you know, he has done he <laughs> for where he's come from and for who he is. Like he can you know, he he's not been a director of football anywhere else. He's only really been a coach for us bar a few months at Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. He's done a lot and you know, we should be fairly, fairly proud of him for how far he's come. Mm. Um so I think that's a bit mean. Like to say, oh, you know, they're not some of the right players because I don't think that's true. It's a cheap, I lazy think... argument, Dan, and I'll I'll stand by it. It's don't a, be mean a, to Cole. No, no, but Cole's. No, Cole's I don't. Not, I don't believe. I don't think Cole's saying it. I think <laughs> I think he's reading it from Twitter. Other people, yeah. Which is no, I, again, I, know, I, know, I wouldn't even go as far as saying it's a, it's a lazy argument in the sense that people think, oh, you, you know, we're just calling you ourselves. No, it's like. A lot of things you look at something on like at the surface level and it makes sense but once you start thinking about it actually it doesn't and it's it's you know it's if you're an ordinary fan you go to the football you, you know you don't gob off on podcasts like us pricks do and you just go to the football because you know you're out with your mates and you don't you know you've got other things on your mind you're not going to go this deep on it and so you're only going to think about the superficial it's not your fault this is why there are podcasts so we can say actually you know if you think about it this this and this we're not saying oh you're thick for not thinking this we're just saying you might not have had the chance to think this and we're going to present it as an argument to you so lazy argument no just a bit of a a bit of a shallow superficial one based on yeah a cliche maybe and i don't think any i i wouldn't blame people for thinking that because it's easy and you know it's it's it makes sense on the face of it it is what it is you know um i think do i think i, I think the players can't like some players can do it they just need maybe a bit of encouragement i don't like rooney throwing some of them onto the bus as he has done um sometimes maybe it's, it might he might have felt it's merited but i think you keep that stuff i think you one thing useless was really good at was talking up his players in front of the press and keeping the shit behind the scenes and like rollicking them behind closed doors. Thought he was brilliant at that and Rooney needs to learn. But equally some players probably do need to kick up the ass. Yeah, I think I think the point about him um going after a couple of other players when he especially when he first came in was Belik and Dembele especially. And I think that's a frustration from him because he would have looked at Belik and Dembele at the start when he first came in and thought these are guys that I could absolutely rely on to be part of this, a big part of this system. And they didn't quite get going to start with. Um, I think Bielik, again, is, is one that I have looked at and thought, 
is he really going to be a guy in this system? Um, how's, how's he, how is he going to improve? We haven't really seen massive improvement from him. I thought he was a bit better in terms of being on the ball against Blackburn. And then, obviously, Dembele got his two goals, which was which was really important for him. And I think hopefully we'll give him a, a, a real boost of confidence going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I think Dan's right. At the start, he he was going after probably individuals. Um, I think he's improved on that a little bit since he has sort of developed. A, a, you know, the players are working hard, and they're you know they're they're improving game by game. So. Um, yeah, hopefully he is. That is something he is picking up on. Question from Chris P. Bacon, which I don't think is his real name. <laughs> no. Mm. What's the P stand for? Pork. Chris Pork Bacon. Chris Pork Bacon. Um, Chris Pork Bacon. He, well, the thing that makes me most suspicious is is at is at Dave two oh five eight one seven eight three so perhaps the p stands for dave Dave doesn't begin with a p correct um how long does the blatant disregard for conceding goals continue we're so exposed at the back it's frightening i'm all for a style change but you can't keep shipping goals 16 in seven both john o'shea and ashley cole were top defenders what are they working on during the week the defense is all over the place well one ashley cole's not a defensive coach you read anything online, he hates coaching defensive stuff, so let's not that one out of the water. <laughs> um, I think you cut sometimes like Blackburn, wasn't it? Like it wasn't really, it was like kind of um, like stupid errors. Like Ruddy was at fault for at least one. Iwu had a bit of a mare. And you blame coaches when individual players like just like lose their brain for 10 minutes? I don't think so. The three at Sunderland were poor defensive errors, individual mistakes. The, the, the problem is, is that we've been playing teams who are punishing defensive errors. When we played Sheffield Wednesday, God, they were poor. And I did think at the time, like, if they were any better, they might have punished us. But I also thought at the time, like, if we could cross the fucking ball, we'd be murdering these. Hmm. Um, you know, we, we kept getting into good positions, and then the final ball was like... Bruh. And, you know, first, um, first 10 minutes we were shit, but then we were really good. If we'd have scored when we were on top and like we're going into half time 2 0, do you think those defensive errors would have mattered? Do you think they'd have even made them? The reason defensive errors happen is because players are under pressure with the ball in the defensive third. If you're 2 0 up on the front foot, the ball ain't going to be in the defensive third to make those defensive errors. I think this is the argument. It's like we want the ball, if we have the ball more than they do, then they're not going to have it to score goals with. And if we have the ball in there, final third not our final third they're not going to be able to score goals kind of attack is the best form of defence yeah maybe yeah I don't know no it's right maybe I'm talking bollocks here because I know fuck all about football as well but that was my reading of the situation is that well if we've got the ball and we're up there how the fuck are we going to score that's the mentality and and, and at the end, you just said the more we have the ball the more chance we're going to create we had less of the ball than Blackburn last night and still created more than them and that yeah. was and that was clear-cut chances that we're talking about. Shots on target, shots on target, shots off target. The amount of times we got into really good positions by pressing high and leaving leaving a gap at the back. I'm not saying I'm not saying gung ho is the way forward and totally neglect all defensive responsibilities. That uh, that that's not the case, and that is clearly not what they're doing. That's not what they're being told on the training ground. But there, there is a there is a balance to be had. 
we want to be on the offensive side of that balance. Now, what what we are before <laughs> what we are putting out at the moment, as Dan said, we had numerous chances in that first half. If we go in one nil, two nil up. Yes, Blackburn had chances as well in the first 10 minutes, and I think Ruddy made a really good side towards the end of the first half as well. But, it, you know, whichever side of the argument you're looking at, it's the same It's the same when people have a go at Eustace, be, be, you know, before, for being boring beforehand and going, well, we, you know, we, we lost five on the bounce, but then people come back and say, well, we were in the game at Preston, and we are in the game at Watford. It was nil-nil. It was nil-nil when we conceded late on and it was unlucky. But then the Middlesbrough game, they'll say we were never in it and we could have lost 8-0 and yada, yada, yada. So whichever side of the argument you're trying to win, you'll use whichever whichever side you need. So, yes, we are culpable at the back at the moment. We are not as defensively solid as he would want us to be. But absolutely, unequivocally, categorically, Nobody can tell me that there has been no improvement in the style of play and no improvement in the amount of chances created from game one to game seven. That's game one to game seven. If you go game eight to game 14, let's see the next step of improvement. If you go game 15 to 21, let's see the next step of improvement in that bit. With, um, not... with the, the, the Eustace Rooney argument that is never ending lazy do you know which side of that argument i'm on i'm on the please stop fucking having this same argument all day every single day do we have to go on like i am not going to tell anyone on this planet not to be upset about eustace being sacked and not to be upset about losing games you pay your money the same as me be as pissed off as you want to be but every time we lose a game do we have to Reinvoke the ghost of John Eustace. By the same merit, so. I'm not going to tell anyone not to be gung ho on the Rooney train. Rooney's the man for us. But at the same time, every time something goes right, do we have to bang on about how boring Eustace's football was? Can't we just fucking live and let live? Online at the moment, it's God, it's dire. It's boring. Even Waz's polls are more entertaining than You're this, and that boring. is saying something. I am boring. It's like this whole, oh, it's revisionist history. Eustace wasn't that bad. It, yeah, fair enough. But it's also revisionist history. Eustace weren't that good either. Yeah, we didn't yeah. sack Pep Guardiola. We yeah. didn't sack Steve Cottrell. We sacked John Eustace, who is mid. And we've got Rooney, who thus far is mid. Do we have to keep comparing these two people and ju- jumping in the trenches every time an argument goes off? And I'm Team Rooney. I'm Team Eustace. I'm Team Knighthead. Oh, bring that BSHL. Let's get on the phone. Let's get Eustace. Shut you know the, the fuck up. But you know the thing, Everyone, me be, included. I don't think you can be Team Rooney right now. Like I, I am, I am all for the system change. I am all for the style of play change. Seven games is nowhere near enough time to know whether Rooney's the right man for the you job or not. Maybe it is. Like, maybe it isn't. But can we stop arguing about it and going at each other's throats for it? Can I just say, Blues marketing department, Galaxy brain thinking. Stop the Rooney versus useless arguments by making a new mascot that looks like a sex doll. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Like, it stopped all the arguments for a couple of hours. Now. Yeah. It's, like, it's yeah. all shifted to, like, Jesus Christ, they look like a couple of sex dolls. Yeah. And let's make jokes about that. I mean, it is tiresome, though, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in um, someone on SHA made a good point. I'm like, 
when uh, Barry Fry took charge, uh, we won our first game, then we were shit for like 20. Yeah. And we ended up going down. We didn't win in yeah. Sunday. Yeah, and we, did, we went down, and Barry Fry got chaired off the pitch. You know, he's a legend. Yeah. Mm. What changed? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like I, I got into a, I, I got into a discussion with someone because they're saying da 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 da, and I was like, look, it's only been seven games. Yeah, I get the results have been shit, and they're not great, and it's worrying, but it's only been seven games. You know, mm-hmm. to borrow a phrase from statistics, small sample size. Mm. Like, okay, you want to get rid of Rooney and bring in someone else. How long are you going to give them if it doesn't immediately improve? And mm. if it's more than seven games, why? Yeah, yeah. You know, I agree. That, that's that's basically the whole. My whole reasoning is, I think we've got to go with what, like, however bad it is, we have to go with what we've got because changing is not necessarily going to make it better and could make it a whole fucking load worse. Like, I've seen people go stack Gary Cook. Yeah, the, the amount of upheaval that would cause. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. Like, but you don't, people, like you said, people don't see that. People just, it's a reactionary take. Sometimes the best thing to tweet is not to tweet. Mm. If you're angry, go out for a walk, you know, kick a fucking stone, shake your fist at a, cr- at a, at a cloud. It's yes. going to do about as much. Write an article in the, in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. Write an article yeah. in the mirror. Yeah. Eat some <laughs> Good show. <laughs> um, the, Sorry, the, Mark. The, the, the one thing I'd say about... A, the, Gives me positivity about Rooney ahead over all of the previous managers that we've had over the last six or seven years. This guy, like wh- whatever you think of him as a coach, as a manager, the guy is a natural born winner, and he knows he knows what it takes to get to the top mm. of of his field. And I know the one thing he's going to do, or the one thing that he isn't going to do, sorry, and the one thing that everybody else has is panic and revert to back to basics and lose this identity that we're trying to build. He, there is not a chance that he's going to revert back to that. Like we, we stick at it and there's two things that happen. The players get better at it or the players get sold and we bring new players in. That is that, that uh, they are the two options here. It's um, as I say, money ball, which, which is more about um buying high value players at, at low cost. Um, than what we're the doing, hidden, but the hidden gems, the hidden gems. Yeah. but but the 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 theory or the the ethos with it was they were shit. The Oakland days were crap for a yeah. while, and then it clicked. And it it feels like the similarities here. We are crap for a while, then it's click. Even Wagner in his opening thing said we're on a win streak of one. Yeah. He's not stupid, he knows, but he's also keeping faith in the vision. And I'm firmly in the wait-and-see camp that I'm willing to keep faith in the vision. However, I am not going to have a go at anyone for being pissed off with results because results are crap at the moment. And you pay your money, you complain how you want, but just please stop arguing incessantly at the same point over and over. Eustace versus Rooney. Eustace has gone. Eustace is not coming back. Yeah. Sorry, people um right we've talked a lot about Wayne Rooney let's move on sports social podcast network with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so I suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.